They discuss the first two seasons of Picard on Paramount Plus, and Marlon goes over Disney Plus's amazing Cheaper by the Dozen. And the insanity of Netflix, Bad Vegan wraps us up, and we may even touch on the Batman. Only a little bit. What's happening now, today, on Geek Force. Welcome to Geek Force, the show where pop culture rules all. I'm your host, Kat. With me today is the amazing G-Squad of Marlon, Ray, and Amy. Welcome back, you guys, to a brand new episode. If that pause was, was any more pregnant, doing? it would have given birth already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> that was the longest pregnant pause. I think Amy was going to have a moment of like, say something. Get out there. I was trying to space you. You said how you got you, Kat. I credit. I feel, like, I feel like this is like a stage performance and I gave you my line that was way too long and then you were just standing there and Amy's on the side like, you're lying, oh God, you're lying, that was, say you're lying. No. <laughs> Geek Force is not doing an everyday performance. I would die. I would literally be on Force the floor somewhere with a bottle of alcohol. You'd be a stage manager, that'd be like your worst no, nightmare no, of a job. no. I might be paying money like, for that. If anything, that did not Get that your ass out there now. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like a school play, a high school play. I think is a perfect analogy for what we do here. We're all just like doing our own thing on stage. And Amy's off stage, like, oh my god, I gotta wrangle this. Like, you're too loud. You're too loud. You're too quiet. You're too quiet. Get out there. Get out. No, come that's back. your cue. No. That's your cue. Why aren't you out there? That yet? is not what goes on. That is not what goes on. Just Amy has a clipboard. My clipboard. Like, I swear to God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choke them. I'm gonna choke them. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be about that life, but that was a long time ago. Now Amy's taking shots um, in the back of the production, like, yeah, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. <laughs> they'll give what That's they'll give. So we have some pretty cool things to talk about. Some new stuff just came back. So like seasons have been premiering last week, and I'm happy to share that with you guys. Hey. Um first off. On FX slash Hulu, if you're all about that streaming life, Donald Glover's Atlanta season three just came back um, from like what? It's been like a four or five year hiatus. It's been a very long time. Um, that long? It feels like that long. It was another president when it was on. That's all I know. Probably like three years. Wait, it's probably like Trump or what do you mean? Since Trump. That was not, but like well, when Trump know. like just like his after around his first year, that's like when oh, the I last see. Atlanta season was up. That was a, that was a long time ago, um, and so we're back with the game. Um, lots of uh, the first episode, I will say, it has it has a lot of social commentary to unpack. And if you are the type that pays attention to like news headlines, Donald Glover definitely added that into the story of just the first episode, which doesn't really connect with the main story. But I mean, it's kind of kind of interesting. I feel like it's just one of those starter pieces, like one of those episodes that people will be talking about for a long time. I know I did with my coworkers, um, but um, I don't know how to begin with this episode. It's it starts with what. It starts with, um, I don't know if you guys, obviously I was born and bred in Georgia, and in Georgia there's a lake called Lake Lanier. Certain families That's where that love was. Love Lake Lanier. Mm, yes. That's yes, where yes, that right. was. I just and couldn't most, place it. So the thing is, <laughs> yes, yes. So the thing with Lake Lanier is, you know, it's a really hot spot. A lot of black families don't like it because you know, we know that people die. Like that lake literally kills people. But people still go every summer, and every summer, all someone always dies in that lake. But people still go to this lake. So it was like people were like, "Is this lake haunted or whatever?" Because why does this lake kill people? So what Donald Glover did in the first like five minutes of this episode, and it was really creepy, was having these two dudes. It was a black guy and a white guy fishing at night, uh, and they're just discussing whatever. And then they're talking about the lake, you know. How, you know, like how I just said, how it kills people. But then the white guy gets even deeper. This theory, I'm very curious how they came up with this narrative. But uh, the white guy goes about the lake is actually used to be a, a town underneath. And it used to be a lot of black people. But because of the government, they flooded, whatever, and people stayed and they died. So there's people 
bringing people down to the lake. And I was like, I've actually never heard of that story. And then it turned into something creepy within two seconds. I don't want to spoil too much, but it gets creepy within those two seconds. And now we're introduced to the story of the episode about this little black boy as an educator. He's one of those kids that just love to act up and you're like, sit down, sit down, sit down. Really spirited boy. Um, gets in trouble in class. Mom has to come. You know, you know those moms where uh, there she's just like, why you call me? Just put him in detention, whatever. Um, so, you know, so with within that, there's a lot to unpack within that with the kids at the kid at the school, because you have the counselor who's trying to save him, quote unquote, you know, but the mom doesn't want to hear it. And eventually she gets CPS called on the mom. The mom is just through. So she's just like, take, take my son, take my son. And I'm like, OK. And then they actually put this boy in another foster home with these other black kids um, with these two lesbians who are these two white women. And you already know it's going to be f- crazy because the house looks just broken down. He automatically is like, what is that smell? They're like, oh, we're pickling vegetables, doing kombucha. And then this is the part where I screamed when she goes, are you hungry? One of the moms go, are you hungry? I'm making fried chicken. And he's like, okay, why? Why did this woman take a drumstick, raw drumstick, dipped it in the flour, put it in the microwave for two minutes? I had to pause and scream. That was the most cringe. That wasn't the part where I paused. Who does that? My my moment was a few minutes later when I I paused. (laughs) But I was close on that one. (laughs) I was like, what the? And then they're like, all the people, all the kids are eating it. And I was just like, oh, I wanted to throw up so much. And like, you know, the little boy doesn't like it. But that scene was crazy. The other scene that I think we all relate to is when he, when they're like trying to get him ready for bed. And he's like, oh, here's your towel or here's your shirt or whatever. Or towel. It says Larry. He goes, that's not my name. And like, it's easier to say. We're going to call you Larry. And I was like, that's messed up. And then he's like, where's the walk cloth? And you're like... <laughs> You just use your hands. I have to pause. <laughs> there was a lot of like, there's, the there's a lot of Southern jokes like that. And they're talking about the washcloths. Uh, certainly the food. Right. Um, the, the, Something after that, just... after that, the scene that got me was the one where he, uh, they're out in the garden in the backyard and uh, he's he doesn't want to help in the garden, and all the other kids are like helping. And you can already and the the and one of the moms is sitting at the table like doing nothing. Um, and so you got all these black kids in the backyard, quote unquote, gardening. And he says he doesn't want to do it. And I was just I could already feel the cringe coming. Like I was just it was it was getting me a lot in that moment. But then he was like, I don't want to do this. This is boring or something like that. And the the lady has the nerve to say the words you should sing a song or something it'll make you feel better and i i was like i gotta pause for a moment i can't (laughs) i gotta leave this situation this is too much (laughs) i came back not too long later and somehow kept going but yeah that that whole process the song the song song was bad i'm not even gonna get into the song but i that moment in time the song will will hurt you all as well it was just so much back to back the the farmer's market was the same thing with the police officer that shit was like Mm -hmm. a lot to that shit was a lot to handle um that whole episode just keeps just keeps giving you more and more and more stuff every scene is just like how can this get worse wait how can this get worse wait how can this get worse it did get worse too oh my gosh the the main story well so eventually it does turn into i don't know if you guys heard of the the newspaper story about the little black boy who was adopted by the by two uh lesbians who had a lot of foster kids and he did hug a cop and it was you know it was on yeah it was in the newspaper and people were trying to promote like look there's hope there's harmony or whatever and then eventually the two moms committed suicide and killed their children by running their van off a bridge. Eventually this this starts to happen in this episode. And I got I was like, wait, what? We're going there? I got so scared. 
But because this is a Donna Glover show, which is very similar to Jordan Peele stuff, there's a nice twist in the end. And eventually it morphs into the beginning of Earl's plot line with the with the main with the main cast that you'll see in episode two. But when this episode ended, I was like, what? Like I had to just decompress. There was just I am glad that they're back, but damn, that was probably the perfect way in starting this season and bringing the show back and saying, hey, welcome back, or we're back with such a strong, like, it's like, he had a lot on his mind and he just wanted to get it out and that was a nice piece to do that with. Um, I did read somewhere, I think it was on Donald Glover's Twitter that said, I mean, he, he'd be really passionate about his stuff. He said, this season and next season, he has worked so hard because he wants it to be top tier, like Sopranos top tier. So he has... Mm-hmm taking it to make these episodes like the first episode to be like that. So there's just so much to always unpack. And I'm like, that's great. But I feel like this might traumatize me (laughs) too, but I'm excited to see what's happening next. Cause so far it's like, uh, well there, if you've seen like the trailers or the poster, they're in Europe right now. And so knowing European culture and then these Four black characters from Atlanta. It's like, there's going to be a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Um, definitely check out episode two because I was cracking up and I miss Darius so, so much. Oh, I miss yeah. Darius. But it's, um, it's really great coming back and watching all these people who are so super famous now, all of them. Maybe not super mm-hmm. famous, but they've yeah. all, they're all certainly up an extra tier, at least from where they were when season two of this show came out. And so it was just fun just being like, dang, this, mm-hmm. this cast is, was always great, but now they all have this, all this extra practice and yeah. like have had all these extra roles. And yeah, this show is about to be real good the next couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, I would say this is definitely a most, most watched show for me in this year. I really feel like if we have this nice consistency of just, amazing writing and acting this might be probably the best show of 2022 that you're not watching and you should be watching um but i mean so far two episodes are out i think new episodes come out on if you have cable comes out thursdays on fs has cable FX. anymore yeah well, there's still people out there i know, I know i'm joking. but if you don't have cable it new episodes do appear on hulu on friday which what i do mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're doing single or double episodes, but so far there's two. So they've the started episode. doing two episodes a week at a certain point in time. I think that whole mm-hmm. second season of Dave, they did two episodes a week. It feels like that's what they're doing with this too. I think so too. Yeah. Well, they do too. That makes it even great because yeah. one episode is not enough. <laughs> you need to have that two, that one hour block just to. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, it's good to see that he's keeping it consistent with like in season one he has a dream uh that correlates with what he's de- going to be dealing with and then it makes sense that in season three we started to s- we start with the dream as well so it's very interesting to see that this dream had a dream within a dream at some point uh and it like it was very interesting for them to <laughs> really discuss it was like it was so many dreams uh, it, was, it was also it was also interesting to see them cover in this uh Devontae Hart and what happened to him and the family uh and also able to, to like twist it in a way that I think we already were as a, as a community you know chastising the circumstances that led these children to winding up there but it was interesting to see them also add uh, another interesting layer to these two white women and have them say a lot more that I think aligns with uh, the stereotypical ally of like, oh, I know the words and I know the things and like, I can't possibly be a bad person. You know, there's, you know, I have a wife. I'm not a bad person. I grew kombucha. They're just doing such a good job of like saying like, great, it could still be these individuals that for some reason just float by through life and, People are just like handing them things. So it's very interesting to see them talk about that. And also it is very interesting to see how they're going to touch on it um, with with this third season. Like how are they going to uh, tie things to it? Um, I definitely know that it also felt like um, 
it felt like a story your mom would tell you about the kid who didn't listen and what ended up happening mm-hmm. to him. Uh, and so I'm wondering Definitely if we're going to get some more of that. Like, I told you not to do that. And then this stream is a full circle sequence of it. But we'll see. Thus far, it's great. And, t- and episode two, if y'all haven't seen, episode two is trippy as hell. Uh <laughs> The cast is wilder, and that topic they covered in episode two, I was like, what the hell? Uh, check it out. It's They're really yeah. going there. This definitely felt like, sorry to bother you, like the like the, like the, the, the third chapter of the film, where it's like, what is going on? Things are happening. People are making loud statements. Uh, it's just, it's, it's really fantastic. And of course, I think the biggest character I'm looking forward to seeing being portrayed is Europe. Um, because again, they're in Amsterdam and there's fun things in Amsterdam mm-hmm. and then there are racist things in Amsterdam. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and again, there's still like so much to unpack. Like for me, at least from an educator standpoint, just everything from just how black children are in the classroom and how their discipline or how like the, like one, the counselor wanted to put the kid back because she felt like work was too hard and the mom's like, no, he's fine. He's just being himself, being too energetic, which we we know how kids can be. So it's like, that was a whole conversation there. Then being home and then how different parents par- do their parenting different, you know? Some would be like, this is how I was raised, you know? Especially my generation. Some of them were like, this is how I was raised and I'm fine. And this new generation is like, no, you can't do that because it's abusing your child. You're neglecting your child. And that's why she has CS. The child services called on her. I you know? like and it was a like, critique, though. I feel like, yeah, I feel like just, it was critique so on just, not just like the the like the like two white women and all that. I think it was also like they were doing a lot of stretching the truth for this black family of like the mom's going to be really over the top as is the grandfather to kind of show off that this is also bad behavior. So like at the end of the day, like I feel like they were, they were really doing an interesting thing of like, let's talk about like this whole thing here where there's one mm-hmm. kid who needs something and how the circumstances around him pivoted him in this direction. Um, which was interesting to see because you could definitely see them taking this moment to like, we're going to talk about white people, white peopling, because in both those scenarios, there was um, a black woman in the classroom and in the principal's yep. office. So it was very interesting to see that they were able to also kind of like not point fingers, but kind of open up the spectrum of like this critique is for the entire room uh, that is here. And it's also for the entire uh, audience. Like, hey, you should be able to see that this is not okay. And this is also not okay. So it was interesting to see them say, great, we're just going to, we're not going to aim it one way. We're just going to make it open. Like everyone is getting shot at in this scene. All y'all are making mistakes. Yes. Yes. And I was just like, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to shout out to those those kid actors because they were <laughs> so adorable. And my favorite scene is when they're in the car. And you know how we, you know how in our culture, we just, we talk with our look, with our faces, with our expressions. That scene cracked me up when the kid was just like, <laughs> I mean, the one kid was like, sweet release. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> that was some top tier writing. Done. I love it. it. That was that was my favorite scene. Um, yeah, shout out to those kids because they really, they really. Most uh, of them didn't say a word either. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. were acting with That's their just, faces the entire episode, and it was they were really acting good. Their faces and their body, and I was just like, absolutely, yeah. The kid. Um, but yeah, definitely check out Atlanta. It's going to be a wild ride. We'll probably keep you guys updated because I'm, sh- I'm sure there's just going to be more episodes to talk about. Uh, once you see episode two, you'll you'll definitely know there'll be more to talk about. <laughs> um, what is next on the docket? I forgot. It's- more must-watch things, apparently, because um, uh, this weekend, um, Friday, because I got real excited for it when I saw the trailer, and I was all excited to uh, um, see it and this movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once um, with uh, Michelle Yeoh as the star um, looked like a crazy, mm-hmm. weird, like sci-fi, fantasy, multiverse, action movie kind of quest. Uh, and um, nice. I don't want to talk about too much about this movie because there's 
there's a lot of parts of it that I there's a lot of things that I have to say about this movie that require a viewing, but um, it is certainly on the list of must-watch things for 2022. This movie, mm. personally for me, it hit a lot of it hit like all the check boxes that I love in a movie experience, um, and I think there's going to be no way that there's another movie that comes out this year that like makes me feel the same way. Like this, it was, it was right up, uh, it was right up my alley of things. I'm pretty sure knowing this group that you're all going to love it and probably for different reasons, but you're going to have a fantastic time. The whole cast was amazing. Um, Michelle Yeoh was great. Um, the husband is fantastic. I didn't know who he was until after the movie was over. Um, but he hasn't, he, this man hasn't acted in 20 years. Uh, he said, and one of the things that he did a long time ago as a kid was he was in the Goonies. Um, this is, uh, I can't no remember way. his name right now. Um, and he was also in Indiana Jones. He was also in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom as the little boy. Uh, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. This is that guy. He is he is much older now, yes. and he's the husband in this movie. And he was amazing. He was fantastic. He plays because it's a multiverse movie. Wow. He switches back and forth between characters wow. the whole movie, and he's he is phenomenal at it. Um, definitely one of the biggest surprises in that movie. Uh, Stephanie Sue, um, or C- I can't remember how to pronounce her last name, but um, she was in. Um, the thing that you probably at least remember her face was remember Shang Chi. Uh, remember they yep. would they started an end of that movie at the bar. Um, mm-hmm. The friend who was the lawyer basically. Mm-hmm. She's uh, mm-hmm. she's the daughter mm-hmm. in the family and everything everywhere all at once. Um, and she okay. is she's fantastic in this movie. Apparently she's in Nora and Queens. She was Karen the computer in Plankton the musical. <laughs> uh, not Plankton the musical. Long Bob the musical too. She's in Miss Maisel, yeah. yeah. So she's she's been getting a lot of work. She's she was also very fantastic in this movie. Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing in this movie. Um, Jenny Slate is amazing in this movie. Uh, there's a lot of just like really good performances all throughout this movie. Yes, it's a good movie. Um, oh, and the grandfather in this movie is really good too. I can't remember his name. You've seen him in stuff too. You'll when you see this older Asian man, you'll be like, oh yeah, I've seen him in things, but I can't, I can't think of his name right now either or what to describe him in. Yes. Um, quick note before you guys came on, Raymond said this was his best theater experience. In a it's long very, time, very, very, very. Long I can't time. actually wow. think of a movie. So, very, very so keep going. Amazing, amazing performances. Amazing performances across the board. Fantastic story. Um, you'll be all mm. in the fields, up and down, left and right. Um, incredibly silly. Incredibly silly. Um, you'll see why I think like uh, someone was talking about how this they when they originally started writing this film, they were picturing Jackie Chan in this role, and the movie f- transformed a lot once they got Ooh. Michelle Yeoh on board. But you'll see some of those vibes still of like these really silly action scenes where like people are fighting with just like stuff. They why are you fighting with that in this scene? But the choreography nice. is like amazingly on point, like stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, what else am I trying to say? The music's great. The vibe is great. There's just, it moves really fast and just keeps you guessing and really, really trying to understand what the heck is going on. And it like, it does so much. And like the beginning, the movie is just ordered in a way to like, like prepare you for all the craziness to come even from the beginning. It's really good. Um, So yeah, you'll see it's um, I don't really want to talk about the plot a whole lot. The, The lady is, She's she's with her she's with her business. She's she has a laundromat. It's one of those dysfunctional families, and they're the the business is being audited by the IRS, and that's how Jamie Lee Curtis gets involved in the movie. Um, but then after that, you are on the most wild ride you didn't expect. Um, it comes out in theaters across everywhere on April eighth. It's still doing that little limited release thing for another week. Um, so hopefully we can come back and like really talk about this movie when you all get to go see it. Cause I, you, you, you need to go see this movie. It was really, really, really good. Well, I mean, it has that Ray high praise, so it's absolutely going to get a viewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to go see this movie again. That, it that just tilt it, stamp it, approval. It, it keeps you thinking <laughs> the super tilt stamp of approval. I don't give this out pretty often. 
no, you didn't get to do it. But uh, there it is. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Yeah. So the great time. Fantastic. Definitely mm-hmm. strong performance. Uh, just the, the directors. Did y'all see Swiss Army Man? I I haven't seen it yet, but now I want to go watch it. Daniel Radcliffe is strange. Daniel Radcliffe is a corpse that they're carrying through the world, and he <laughs> just does everything you need him to do. Uh, he, like you stick his finger in the I thing, and it unlocks the, and it unlocks the door. Yeah, okay, yeah. So those directors that kind of weird with this movie in oh, wow. some places. Like it, it's gonna hit you with the weird, but you'll appreciate all of it. I'm sold. I'm oh sold on this idea. This whole premise. I'm excited. And now let's toss it over to our awesome friends at Nerds Talking. Hello, this is Lafayette. And I'm Carlos. From Nerds Talking, the podcast. That's right. Where we talk about everything from UFOs. Yep. Comic books. Like movies. Uh-huh. Streaming services. Yeah. Conspiracy theories. Oh. Ghosts. Mm. Video games. Yeah. And more. Kick All on Nerds Talking, the podcast. You can find us every Friday with new episodes on all digital platforms where you find your favorite podcast, Nerds Talking, the podcast. Now back to the show. back to our show. Uh, speaking of black um, exceptionalism, Kat, let's hear about this uh, interesting... Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, so... While I wasn't in Trashland in Netflix, I guess I took it upon myself clean. to kind Hands of clean. dip my little toe into it. Um, and I found a reality show called Young Black and African or Young a, Rich and African. Yeah, Young Rich and African. I, I said it wrong. <laughs> um, I was just like, that's double. Um, and this reality show is about these superstar um, people from all over different African countries and they're all in South Africa in this little rich, very, very rich uh, neighborhood and there's just typical reality star drama, which at the same time I'm like, okay, I should have known. But at the same time, I was like, these are top people who, in you know, in that continent, that they're like, there's there's a, a lady named Annie. She has been acting in like like 20, 30 years in like every possible Nigerian show, movie, you name it. And she's married to uh, Two Face, who is like one of the top musicians on the continent and he's a big deal and i'm just like but how'd you get on the show it's really interesting and then you have like others who are like either stylists rappers um the main lady is her name is katie or something and she's like i mean she outright calls herself a sugar baby slash she's a cougar she's dating someone younger um but I watched the first she's three episodes, the and it was yes, difficult. It was she's a girl boss cat. She's a she's a girl boss. So, I hear girl boss in and out. Can she? Wait, cat. What's the show about exactly? It's just. It's in the name, you know, being young, famous, just and young, African, rich African, and reality drama. Literally, like, that's what it's okay, about. Okay. Because when you oh, have gosh. the guys getting together, they're just talking about the women. Very old traditional <laughs> stuff comes out their mouths and it's going to piss you off, of course. Because I was just like, y'all still believe that? Okay, we don't do that over here in America. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then with the women, it's like, we have... We, we're, our men can't stop cheating and having babies and da 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 and I'm just like okay I don't know if I can keep watching I only watched three episodes again three episodes and I was like I don't know if I can keep watching but what I do like about this show is there's not a lot of I mean narrative wise Netflix has been getting a lot more con- like more content coming out of Africa so like this year we had Blood and Water which is actually one of my favorite Netflix shows which is like a it was like a school drama of um, like how, again, rich families in Nigeria, or no, I think rich families in South Africa, just they just be doing the most. So it's like this whole world I didn't discover. Um, and they have a lot of great more movies coming out this year that's landing on Netflix. So this is like Netflix's first like reality show coming out of the continent or the African continent. And yes, it's, I will say it's not as trashy as like our VH1 drama. But because there's still some classiness, but at the same I time, think only it's the material goods wait, wait, are classy. What, what year of VH1 trash are you talking about? 
Current, in my head, old, I'm thinking early 2000s because nah, that's what I was this raised whole on. Show that was gives bad. me flavor of love type vibes. No, no. <laughs> like Marla, the moment this man was like, my woman needs to be in the kitchen and never do anything. And I was like, this is definitely a yeah, VH1 but they do say that. But I mean, at the same time, <laughs> this this reality show is more on par of like Rich House, the Real Housewives series is more on par with that because a lot of people are older and they're either married or they're in serious relationships so there's a lot of relation talk and there's a lot of talk about their kids and like the main lady she lives in like a penthouse and her daughter her 15 year old daughter lives next door and so there was a whole fight discussion of how she's parenting i mean i don't know this is a whole nother i don't know how they do over there the 15 year old has her own apartment next door because Mama got her own business and she's like, no kid's going to hold me down on my stuff versus the mom who was very upset to hear that because she loves her kids. So it was like drama like that between the women. And then the guys are just, again, very old traditional stuff versus about the women and stuff. And one guy can't stop having babies. And the guys are like, you need to stop. He goes, I know, but I can't. It's like, this is, this is the show. Um, But like, I'm trying to say the positive part. The positive part is I like seeing the locations in South Africa because I've never been. So some of the places they go and, and stuff, it's really beautiful. And I'm just like, wow, I need to visit that place. There's like just these beautiful restaurants. If you got money. And it has like beaches and it has like the mountains. Like it's such a beautiful country. And I like that they, the whoever's in charge of the cinematography crew really took advantage of just getting these views. Um, and again, uh, there's parts where they are saying like you know it's funny how the media portrays our continent as third world country when it's like you have all this wealth and i'm like well there's another there's another discussion for another day but whatever they're just really out there just to prove i guess the eurocentric media wrong basically because look we have money too they're young rich and african (laughs) but um mansions and house fighting over our children we can and do it for too. For me, that that opens up another conversation of like how you have wealth there versus wealth in America with like Black Americans, and it's interesting with that conversation because of talks of like how how we all you know are connected, but we're two different cultural things, and for things like they hold dear and how they dress and stuff is different from us like if you want to be gaudy over here it's like it's not the same over there and it's just it's to me over there it's like they love their Africa. like i feel like the one thing they have in common is the eurocentric life influence both because of how the stuff they buy and how the women dress and stuff but at the same time they're like but we're black and i was like okay i get that but you're still I feel like that's an open discussion, but like that's that's just me nitpicking reality shows, which is why I don't watch these reality shows. But it, it just is it knowing how like watching the Real Housewives of Atlanta that was like my comparison to the show. Like they're rich on there, but like these people are like close to billionaires. And then one, the main lady is dating a guy who is like I don't know if he's like in some secret mafia or something but there's controversy around him <laughs> and she goes i can't help dating guys like that and i was just like how? <laughs> how okay and when it comes to that over there it's just way more shady because you're crossing country lines doing shady stuff so i don't know how they get all their money but they're very rich they're very petty um no one can keep their hands off each other and men just think women are just whatever. That's that's basically the show that I've seen in three episodes. But if you like reality shows, I mean, like I say, if you really like Real Housewives of Atlanta or even Candy's new show, I forget what it's called, but uh, I, I watched one episode and I thought it was funny. If you like that kind of show, I would definitely recommend this just to have another perspective of how people over there are living their lives because... Ugh, they were driving like the nicest of cars. They're driving cars I didn't know existed yet. I've never seen them in America yet because I guess they get them first. But this Mercedes car was like a spaceship. I, I was like African money, <laughs> different. Um, but yeah, this that's basically it. This is on, on Netflix. Netflix. It's actually uh yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, but I like I said, it's Africa. 
is being all the African countries are getting represented a lot more on Netflix. If you um, kind of check out their section, I think they're slowly building a collection um, on Netflix. Cool. Interesting. And that's that for me. Um, I do have a question. I know you guys said you're not playing Elder Ring, but everyone's playing Elder Ring. I just have so many questions. Why? Like, at least for the listeners, why do you like playing like the Dark Souls games? Like, it's it's we all know it's as about gamers, the it's the most frustrating. It's the, it's the most frustrating game series out there. I played either the first or second Dark Souls two, or I don't know. I didn't last very long. I had I literally deleted the game off my <laughs> no no more. <laughs> so um, Elder Ring when it first when the posters and the trailer came out, I was like that game looks amazing, but I didn't know it was part of the Soul series. When it came out, everyone and their grandma was playing this game on Twitch and on YouTube gaming, and within the first what twenty minutes and. When I saw someone run out and they got killed in two seconds, I was like, okay, it's that type of game. So I I probably will not play this game for a very long time. Maybe when I'm older and wiser and have more patience on my side. Um, but I feel like um, I pretty much play this game because I've watched every day footage when I'm cleaning or whatever of people playing Elder Ring. And the best part is um, seeing people just running around um, if you're like me, if I was playing this game, I would be wandering around, you know, trying not to get killed and then end up in like some castle or swamp and be like, oh, I'm finding all these little things to pick up and whatever. Killing little tiny mobs out the way, you know, just so I can get the stuff I need to upgrade my weapon. And then I would run into some crazy boss that I have no idea on how to fight. And these games are very tricky, where depending on your class, especially if like your class with swords and your fight, you have to fight up close. You have to have your timing just right because if your timing's not right, you will you could die or you will miss the momentum in your attacks to you know kill the kill the boss. And so, one of my favorite Twitch uh people is zeppla who's like a top 14 player but she has taken time to be playing eldering because her play style is very similar to mine and she has played i will say the hardest and i don't know if you guys have heard this big boss named godric he is like the the hardest boss but you can run into him pretty early in the game i don't want to talk about this boss because this is the craziest boss i've ever seen in my life he's like this rotting corpse king because he had a crown on his head and like he shoots fire he like you know he'll hit the ground knock you out whatever and when you manage to like knock 50% off his HP you chop his arm off there's a cutscene he has no hand he's screaming and he he's like you know what I'm gonna do you know he says all this old English stuff he sticks <laughs> his stump of an arm into a dead dragon head he rips it off the dragon head and now is a working weapon and now he's going to be blowing more fire at you at a longer distance and start beating at you. I have seen probably like five versions of this fight because like it's really hard to pass. Nobody really passes it. They kind of just take a break and then leave. But there's a trick to it because I actually know the trick to it now. But when I saw this fight, you guys, I was like, why do people play this game? <laughs> like, yeah, I think... I think you should play it now just because you've talked so much about it. I, I, will pay, I will play it if someone buy this game for me because I don't think it's worth the money for me to buy and cry. There's a lot of people that really enjoy that. Well, I call them masochists sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them <laughs> agree are, with me. Once, most of them agree with me in my friend group when I call them this. and Because I have a lot of friends that have been playing the hell out of Elden Ring since it came out, but it's not... I like there's all, You find me finding some games like that that I'll get into. Um, I'm going to finish Sifu because Sifu is really fun, but Sifu is a masochist game also. Like I haven't, I haven't yep. played... I haven't played in a week or two because like you just have to sit and just lose 
lose a bunch of times till you understand and get better at it. And that is what the point of these games mm-hmm. are. And people love the hell out of it. And I understand. I just don't want to do it for 65, 70, 80 hours like most of these Souls games are. Like I, um, and I just, yeah. and I haven't. I haven't played a game this hard in a while, but like I got into Fallen Order for a little bit and it's the same gameplay and it's a similar system mm-hmm. of this boss is going to kill you 35 times before you beat it. Like almost, I, I think Ninth Sister, I've had to fight Ninth Sister Oof. at least 10 times Yo. before I got through her. Um, so uh. like, I understand why people love these games, but I I haven't gotten into a Dark Souls game uh, in a similar way. So, but it's it's because we're masochists. That's why it's the same type of people that actually play <laughs> fighting games like... a lot. They're they're masochists. They like mm-hmm. being right. <laughs> They're extreme masochists. Because I'm thinking in my in I my defense in my little fourteen <laughs> world lately, I've been raiding and I've been raiding the savage and extreme content because it's harder. And so, like you know, you have like a whole static party. You set up and you're literally just doing things over and over again Stag and you're wiping party? and dying and you're doing it just so you can get the achievement. Like, I get that. But, like, when I'm tired, then I can do something else in the game. Elder Ring is like that all the time. And that's why I'm like, that's the extreme version. Like, I feel like I don't even know what the game's about. I've been trying to look up what is the story and all I keep seeing is, like, it's a great story and, you know, George R.R. R. Martin and da-da-da. And I'm like watching the cutscenes, I'm still confused. And if, I feel like it's there is a great story, but it's all about exploring the world, which I will say, it's one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen this year. The the the, the It's just beautiful. Um, and the fights, if you like a challenge, it's gonna have all that and more. Like, crazy. And, and even, like, you have to pay attention to your surroundings, because knowing me, I would be fighting, almost killing the main boss, and I fall in a hole and I die. Like, that stuff pisses me off. And that happens a lot. But I just wanted to discuss that because I was like, the game, everyone's playing, and I'm just like, you know the Homer Simpson meme where he's in the bar and everyone's, like, doing the same thing? Mm-hmm. It's like, everyone's doing Elder Ring, and I'm Homer Simpson just... Yeah, I mean, it's making a splash. It's been highly anticipated and uh, it delivered on its promise, which uh, during these days is a rare occurrence to have something have that much hype and then deliver on that hype. And um, it's also been called the most approachable uh, Souls game, mostly because in the other Souls games, there was a very linear path where you had to get through a specific boss to progress in the story, whereas Mm -hmm. this game around it's all open world. So if you're having a particularly hard time in one area, you could potentially just leave and go somewhere else and just kind of continue mm-hmm. on the story. Um, it doesn't mean that everything else is easy. It just means that now you can run away, um, which right. before you're like, I got to get on this hallway. So I got to either roll through you or, or I got to run through you or, or I got to punch through you. And like, I'm going to die at the time, but now you can like, bounce around and with your particular mounted horse maybe you could do something super tricky and like try to jump over or now they have this really awesome sneak mechanic where you can sneak by a lot of so they've definitely upgraded a few things to make it a, a lot more approachable the difficulty is still there, but they've added a bunch of extra little, you know, mechanics that uh, make the game a bit more interesting now. So that's and always crazy fun. Crazy bosses. I saw a TikTok video of this guy almost killing this boss. He was like, he he was almost there destroying them. And then all of a sudden the boss literally melts into the ground. And he's like, his, his commentary is like, where did he go? So he's moved his character around like, where did he go? A comic comes out of nowhere and it's the boss. The boss had morphed into a comet and he hits the character and kills him. And <laughs> the guy gets so mad, he literally deletes the game off his PlayStation and turns off his PlayStation. And I was like, there's just so much in this game that's ridiculous. And this is why it's like, it's almost like Elder Ring itself is like my new favorite TV show because I'm all, I watch it every day. Like, like, who's playing the game today? I'm watching and I'm like, Discovery the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. That was the most ridiculous thing I saw today. A monster turning into a comet and then killing you. Like, how would you... <laughs> how do you survive that? So, um, if you are playing Eldering, please let us know, like, how you feel about it and what part you want and, and what, what makes it so interesting. How 
how do you keep being motivated and keep going? Because I know people take breaks, but like people are so keen and finished in this game, and I admire them. They're those are like amazing gamers out there. Um, who knows if I play again? I feel like when I'm retired and happy somewhere, I'll be like, you know what? I have time. Um, I don't have time now because I probably will break something. Um, but yeah, Eldering, definitely check it out if you haven't even heard of it. But it's it's the game right now. If you like a challenge, for me, it's my TV show. It's my new TV show. <laughs> um, anything else we would like to add to the docket before we go? Marlon, oh, you got a question? Marlon, do you have a preview on your show? Here we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, preview. Thus far, I'm just going to get back into digging through garbage. You know, uh, Netflix released a bunch of new things this week. Um, there's a show about uh, the clitoris, it looks like. Um, we got what? Andy Warhol Diaries. Um, wait, 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 there's... wait, wait. Wait, how are you going to roll that in? Gonna... <laughs> There's literally uh it looks like a limited series called The Principles of Pleasure, but like the logo is just of like a flower shaped like uh like the owls. It just shapes like a clitoris, it's just like the full head and everything. And I was like, oh so full Georgia O'Keefe. Full Georgia O'Keefe, but like real up close <laughs> photography. Like we're getting all up in this bud. Um so we got that going for us. Definitely watch that. Yeah, we do have a couple more Hulu things. Uh, HBO Max is going to be happening. Just you know, I'm just going to keep digging through this, the, the, some stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, I got to find it. You know, uh, if y'all haven't seen DMZ, um, friends at uh, Geek Force, give it a watch. It's four episodes, one hour piece. Stars oh. uh, Night Nurse in the DC universe now. Rosario Dawson has decided to come and bandage up a whole new squad of people in a different universe this time around. And uh, this fictional world that honestly is similar. It, 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 when I describe it to you, you'll probably think of what could have been season two of um, Love Cap Country. Because you all know that they were supposed to do like a whole season about like, what if like the U.S. got split up into like differing states, supposedly, you know, because of racism. Well, the DMZ literally is about what if there's like a civil war and there's like the military controlled states and then there's like the free states and then there's like this mm. little DMZ zone so it's very similar um, but yeah it's only four episodes <laughs> check that out that's all I got going for me yeah, and I think all I have is like you know for a query you know my quandering queries is that what anime opener is your jam that when you hear it matter of fact what anime <laughs> opener is on your like your playlist that you play on Spotify and or like why you're just feeling oh. good just to kind of hype you up. What's that? I what's that soundtrack? Give me that one. Give me that one. Uh, today I was listening to uh, the Jujutsu Kaisen season one. one. Ah, of course, of course. Kakaiki by Eve. Yeah, it's a good one. That was playing today one. for me. Only because Jujutsu Kaisen movie, please see it because it's breaking records and you need more anime in theaters mm. damn everyone's thinking yeah think about that what's what yeah. anime My opener is your jam um the third one from Attack on Titan, I think. I think it's the third. I can't Ooh. remember. The war song? No, you said third. No, no. Because no. they had like two different ones during one season. They did. That's part one, I, part I can, two. I can never remember which one's which, but it was the one where Levi's squad dies, I think. I think it was that. Part one. Okay, okay. What you got, right? What you got? I listened to too many. Um, I, I was blasting... <laughs> okay. I was blasting the newest Attack on Titan when a bunch when the season came out, because that song is just really good. Uh, but, I love that song. The rumbling song? Uh... If I have to pick anything that is always there for me when I need it, is uh, uh, did y'all see the anime Michiko Tohachin? No, it sounds familiar though. Um, it's a Watanabe-produced um, 
uh, an anime. Shinjiro Watanabe produced anime. I think it was one of his assistants for, that, like, maybe not assistants. That's that's probably demeaning. Um, she did a she did a lot of story writing on Kaori Bebop. Also, she worked a lot on that show. Um, uh, oh, yeah. The um, she she directed this show. Um, very very adorable show. It takes place in Brazil. Uh, about like this the the daughter of this Brazilian woman's uh uh Japanese ex-boyfriend basically and so there's they're they're like a kind of a mother daughter duo mm. in this show and it's just really mm. adorable uh but the the opening is super jazzy and uh just always makes me happy Definitely nice. check that out. I'm gonna give that a watch. Yeah, Carissa. Uh, for Carissa, yeah. I think for me, it's always. I always go back to my first love, late at night on a, Adult Swim. Smile Bomb, Yu Yu Hakusho uh, opener is always my go-to jam. I feel like it. It reminds me of oh, I used to be. It reminds me of a time where I probably should have been to sleep, but stayed up to watch a Yu Hakusho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, so like, oh, man, it's getting late, but like. It's like, I got to watch this. It's so good. And I also remember that it had the wildest trajectory I've ever seen of a young man going beyond the scare straight program, going directly to hell and then getting his whole life turned around to not be such a delinquent and then <laughs> fight actual demons and deities and gods when the whole time his whole thing was he used to just be fighting all the time in junior high school just anyone can get these hands and he goes on yep. to save the entire planet uh and he also found out that he's like apparently half demon because anime uh it was just <laughs> it was a great it was a great whirlwind show <laughs> it's like i'm so i'm so disruptive maybe i can fight them no honestly <laughs> it's, i feel like it's a lot more honest i feel like zordon or the power rangers got these nice wholesome kids whereas you are like no no we want the kids that, that, that be fighting after school we're the kids don't leave out my boy so kurabara let's get those kids to fight these demons because they know what they gotta yep. do <laughs> They know what's happening. They got to do. Mulberry is a tree. Kids who are doing like all these after school programs and teaching kids to read. No, no, no. Bump that. We're them kids that fighting behind the behind the Applebee's. At let's get them kids up in, this. <laughs> in front of Seven Eleven. We want because those kids got hands and these demons need an ass woman. Get get those kids. We need those kids and their audacity because I know you see so many TikToks of these kids today just doing the most. Yes. Those are the kids that are going to save the world. I mean, the fact that Kuwabara and Ichigo, two episodes prior, have been like bloodied each other. And then fast forward, they're like brothers in arms fighting with a flaming sword mm-hmm. and a spirit gun. It's like, y'all, y'all went, y'all went, y'all went far. Again, the power of anime and friendship. I know I put it's you, listen, I know I put you and your boys in traction, but like, man, you got my back and I got yours. Let's go fight this giant cat demon. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. So good. Oh, anime. Everyone needs to check out. Well, that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Um, and listeners, us. don't forget. And us, of course. <laughs> but me too. Um, listeners, thank you for going on social media and finding us on Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and our website, geekforcepodcast.com. With that said, Yes, I got it right. I'm getting better and better. Have a great week, be safe, and don't be afraid to pick up a manga today. Geek on. This episode of Quest On Media's Geek Force was produced in Richmond, California.